Hi, welcome to Ask Away, a, a story about the Bible for kids. Today, as usual, I'm here with my mom, Meredith. Hi. And my brother, Riley. Hello. Today, we'll be t- telling the story of how Jesus calms the storm. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got in a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. I like naps. Was it a long nap? No, hopefully not, because I hate naps. (laughs) Naps are the worst. They're so so cozy and soft and warm. But why sleep in the day? The day is the time for play. Hmm. Day play, they rhyme. I do actually also have a question. Not only do I like naps. I think it's interesting that Jesus needed a nap, and I'm curious what you guys think as far as, like, why. Why does Jesus need a nap? I don't think I have an idea. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped, and all was calm. Rebuked means stopped, or like saying, like, settle down. Also, I think maybe Jesus was testing them. Like he fell asleep, he, he like made the storm come, but in and he was test and they he was testing them to see if that how much faith they had. I think that's a really interesting idea. I one I just don't know if God does that. Like I don't know if God tests how much faith we have. But the other thing I think is really interesting. What is another? way to understand what the word faith means in a Bible story. Do you remember? Trust. Trust. Yeah, yeah, trust. Who who we trust, especially, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it means it doesn't really matter if we have lots of faith or little faith, lots of trust or little trust. What's most important is usually who we trust. So I wonder how much this story helps the disciples think about who they can trust and what Jesus shows about being trustworthy in that way. Yeah. I, I was just, that was just an idea. I never, I don't really actually think that was happening. I think it's a wonderful idea. It's really interesting. I'm, and it made me think. It made me think about whether I thought Jesus might do that or not. But I'm not so sure he would. I, I wondered... Why does Jesus want to cross to the other lake? Like, why the theory of testing them? Like, like, why, why does Jesus want want to cross the lake in a boat if he could, if they could just walk on the other side? Ooh, walk around. Walking around would probably be slower. It also might be an island where they can't walk around. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. I have actually been to this lake, and it's not super big, but it is big enough that a boat would be a lot faster, for sure. Got it. It's kind of like a skinny ovalish shape, and so going around would take a long time because you have to go down and around, but across is not super far. But why do they even want to get to the other side of the lake? Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> 
I wonder to the other I, side. I wonder if I wonder if like God had like a there's like a special setting that would be perfect for one of his stories there. Hmm. And so there was like I want to be over there because there's something I want to say or do. Yeah, it actually like the, the time it's like look at those birds mm. and look at those ants. Don't be like the ants. Yeah. Uh, he, maybe he did that there. Ooh, and love the setting. I love that. I wonder if the other side was less crowded and he wanted to rest. Maybe. I wonder if the other side had new people that he hadn't met yet. Maybe. It's a wonderful question, Peyton. I love hearing what you notice as far as what a story might tell us or show us about who God is or what God's like. So when you think about this one, what do you notice? I noticed that God wants his people to be trustworthy. Like, well, God is, God, is tr- God is trustworthy. He wants his people to trust him. I, I think that too. I think all of the good questions. I, I want to go back, Riley, to your guess about maybe this was a test. How, did, how would it feel if that was true, like for you? Just would you, would you like it? Would that feel interesting? Would that be hard? Would you want it to be a test? Like just when you think about how you feel about it. I would be scared and I probably wouldn't really like it, especially if I didn't know it was a test. Because, of course, that kind of test, you can't let someone know about it. So maybe you would actually feel tricked? Yeah. Mm. yeah. So my answer, Mommy, um, what do you think, what do you mean by that? Like, do you mean if you were in the test or if you were Jesus making the test? Oh, I was thinking either if you were a disciple in the boat or even you, Peyton, hearing this story now. If, if it was a test, how would that make you feel? I would feel like something went wrong. Mm, like something went wrong, yeah. And what's interesting, right, is there are some other stories in the Bible where it seems to be that God is indeed uh, testing the people to sort of see how they might respond. And probably what that means is like giving them an opportunity to learn something or grow. Not like you get an A plus and extra bonus points or you fail and then God's like, yeah, I don't like you much. It's never like that. When the Bible talks about God testing a group, the writers mean like God is giving them something new or challenging to help them learn something or grow in a new way. So maybe a good example would be like if you're taking swim lessons and your teacher's like, hey, I want you to swim further. So normally we turn around at that wall and I want you to actually go two times without stopping. It's kind of like a swim test, right? But what is most important about that test is that your instructor is trying to give you the chance to learn something new or try something you haven't done before, to see something you haven't seen about your swim skills, right? Yeah. I think that it's more in that vein often when it does come up, which just feels important since you brought that idea up. Now it's time for some awesome kid questions. Hudson, who's five, wants to know how can you see God? Hello, my name is Hudson, I live in Georgia, and I'm five. How do you see God? Like, I don't really see him. You know what, Hudson? I don't see God either. I've never heard God the way that you can hear my voice, but I still have experienced God as real 
and as with me. Sometimes that happens through feelings that I feel inside, especially feelings that make me feel loved and safe. Sometimes I experience that when a picture is in my imagination or words come to my mind, but I don't think I thought those words and I didn't first imagine that picture. As I have grown bigger, I've had more practice getting to know what it's like when God is showing themselves to me in a new way. And what's really cool is that you and other kid listeners have grown-ups who would love to help with that practice too. Getting to know God is a little bit like how when the wind blows, you see the leaves of a tree shake, but you don't see the wind. And then you still know the wind is real because you've seen what the wind has done. Which gives me one other little tip for you. Ask your grown-ups to tell you stories of how they have noticed God. Because even though they have probably also not seen God with their eyes or heard God's voice like you hear my voice, your grown-ups have probably experienced God's love or God's help. And that probably happened in all sorts of different ways because God gets in touch with us in lots of different ways. So they would probably be a great option to tell you some stories. The stories we have help us know that God is real, even though God is different than us. Hi, I'm Talon and I'm six. How did God give the critters enough food to survive? Oh, Kellen, what a wonderful question. And I love that you were thinking about the critters. God has thought about the critters too, because so many plants, roots, seeds, fruits, give critters enough food to eat. When we hear the story in Genesis about the world, that writer was creating a creative but true story that reminds us how God made everything and how everything was good. But we don't have to worry that there were animals with no food because that writer wasn't trying to put everything in the exact order that it really happened. They're trying to make sure we see that God set up an awesome world, filled it with great things, and everyone had enough of what they needed. So I am so grateful that you thought about those critters, and I assure you that God thought about them too. In fact, later on in the Bible, in a book called Psalms, there are all these songs and poems about God, and the writers there often say, praise to God, thank you, God, for the ways you take care of the whole world around us. They would say, we see how you take care of the birds in the air and the fish in the sea, and that helps us know, God, that you'll take care of us too. They notice the critters just like you. Thank you so much for that question. I loved thinking about that with you. Thanks for listening. We would love to hear your questions. You can send them as a message at askawaypodcast at gmail.com or send it as a message on Voxer. Where there is Ask Away Podcast. You can also record an audio message on Instagram as a direct message to me. I'm there on Instagram as Meredith Ann Miller and grownups. I hope you'll find me there. I also hope you will sign up for the Kids in Faith newsletter, which comes out once a month and dives into questions that parents and kids have with a little more time for some depth and nuance because you guys ask great questions that don't always have tidy answers. Pre-order my mom's book. It's called Woven. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.